Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Welcome to the most spectacular show in the world. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Jamie Rodriguez, radio music man and liver of life and giver of love. And you are listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, where we bring you fresh bands, fresh jams, fresh players in the music industry, and we are growing a lot and we love it. We love you listeners. Thank you guys for the support. And this episode, we have another great rock and roll band bringing rock back into our lives when we most need it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Stone Horses from Washington, D.C., Maryland area. And Stone Horses just released their self-titled debut EP, October 2nd, which is a perfect blend of that swampy blues of the South kind of rock with a truly modern groove filled with songs that are powered by witty lyrics, really big arena-sized choruses, and dark melodies. It's really fantastic stuff. Um, They've had a couple really successful singles already. The first one was Reckless Ways, which was in the top 40 in the charts. And the latest one, Good Old Days, has quickly jumped in the top 40 on Billboard's active rock chart. It is phenomenal. Sounds from another era, and I say that in the best of the rock and roll ways so today we welcome the singer lead man and rock connoisseur john allen he joins us from his uh, basement studio in um in, in maryland and and we get a lot of uh, topics discussed not only the the band's genesis but we talk about uh the future of rock and roll we talk about um live streams we talk about the genesis of music. Just a great chat. Just a great, great chat. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy this episode with Stone Horses. Check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you consume your tunes. And while we have you guys here, please, you know, give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Give us a little review. Helps us a lot. And without further ado, guys, this is John Allen of Stone Horses. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Good, man. Thank you for your time. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me. So are you like a Zoom expert at this point, John? Are you like completely <laughs> versed? Are you a pro? No. No, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm still figuring it all out like everybody else, I guess, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. John. But well, first of all, thank you for your time. Congratulations on a great, uh, great EP. We've been jamming to it nonstop. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, such a great mix of uh, blues and soul and classic rock in there. Oh, we needed that. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you nailed it. I, you know, that's what we were going for. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, John. So, so, so let's, um, you know, I like to start this year my interviews by asking, you know, like a little bit about the year for you in a nutshell. Uh, what were you doing in March when, when the rug collectively got pulled out from under our feet, John? Yeah, um, well... We were actually already on our way to finishing the EP. We were, you know, we were geared up to get this thing out uh, probably around 
for us Memorial Day weekend, um, you know, end of May, beginning of uh, June. And, um, you know, I was watching the news, I guess, like everyone else, and I saw that it was coming. And, you know, it's, it's funny how it sort of dovetailed with the last song really that we completed for the EP was um, Good Old Days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole idea was to kind of be nostalgic with that song, you know, like um, the last single that I had done was called End of the World. And it was so dark and depressing and it just took me to such a dark place. And I thought, man, I want to break out of that place. I want to get back to good times. I want to yeah. provide people. I'm always thinking about the live show, right? So I want to provide people who come out to our shows. Um to have a high energy, good time rock and roll show. And I started thinking about how nostalgia plays such a big part in, in, in human beings' lives. You know, you think about the, the times when you were younger and regardless of whether it really was the good old days or not, your, your memory a lot of times tends to shade it that way. So it was, it was with that thought process that I was, writing this song and I, I love to, if you, if you catch me after a show, I'm usually really hyped up and I will, I will talk your ear off and I'll, I'll tell stories about, you know, you know, when, when we started out or when I started out playing music and just, and that's uh good old days has a couple of vignettes in it of, of, of those, uh, of my misspent youth, I guess you, you could say. And uh, so, so yeah, we were just in the midst of finishing up the, the EP and it turns mm-hmm. out our, our drummer, you know, he didn't know it at the time, but he must have had a mild case of, of COVID. He had really? it. Um, he had it in March, actually. Okay. We were talking about it. And then uh, uh, I guess after we did one of our first live stream shows, his his wife is a, or his girl is a, um, is a healthcare worker. So she would suggest that she and, and he uh, take the test and he took it. And sure enough, he, he had the antibody. So he had mm. had it. So um, he had it. Wow. He survived though, yeah. We and we managed to get a get an EP out, you know, in the midst of all that. Wow, what a year! What a year for you guys, John. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned your previous work because, yeah, definitely a, a little bit of darker in there. Um, mm-hmm. What's your take on uh, these people? This believe that the best art comes from these dark places, right? People say, "Oh my God, Alanis Morissette when she was so unhappy with Jagged Little Pill was her masterpiece," or you know, you hear about people like John Mayer sabotaging their relationships so that they can get to that creative place. Yeah. You know, what's your take on that? It's, it's hard, you know, to believe that that's the case. What, what's your take on that? I, I think it, there may be some truth in it. Yeah. I mean, like when I'm really low, you know, I, I tend to write a lot, you know, and I'll, uh, a lot of, a lot of the stuff comes from that darker, um, sad place. You know, um, it's really hard for me to write a happy, upbeat song. Um, good old days is, is more of a, uh, like I said, telling of stories. So that's yeah. one way I, I think I, I managed to do it. I don't know if I did it well. I tried, you know, great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I, a lot of my stuff does tend to come from, you know, heartbreak, uh, or, or, or whatever depression, you know, I, I, I fight that fight, you know, uh, constantly in my life. I, um, I've, uh, I think I first realized that I, I battled depression as, as young as being in the fourth or fifth grade, you know, and I, when I was a little kid, you know, um, so it's been with me my whole life and, 
uh, creating songs is, is probably a way of, of dealing with it. It's, it's a therapy almost. It's a cathartic kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think you'll find that a lot of artists, like you, like you said earlier, um, come from that place. I mean, certainly somebody like, as great as like Chris Cornell. I mean, I didn't know the guy. I didn't, you know, know his personality, but I would think that there was, you know, some, some shades of depression there. And, and yeah. same thing with, with Chester, you know, yeah. um, I did have the fortune of good fortune of meeting him early mm-hmm. on in their career. And, and, and he, he was a lovely guy, uh, you know, and he, I didn't see, you know, signs of depression there, but yeah. sometimes you don't know, you know, you, you don't, don't know. know what's going on inside and, and what, what, what people put out, you know, um, I remember years ago playing with a guitar player and talking to him about my, my struggles. And he was, he was surprised to hear it. Now, I don't know if he was just saying that to me or not, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think, I think there's truth in that. I think, um, I think it can come from, from, uh, from hurt wherever but the work doesn't have to necessarily be dark right absolutely john absolutely i want to i want to touch on your influences a little bit because um i mean you've mentioned of course led zeppelin and robert johnson who uh you know were were on the street as he sold his soul to the devil right um but like you know when did all these records come to your life john because it seems like you're like you it seems like you were born with this rock and roll dna but how when was this intersection your first memories um First member now Zeppelin. I came to Zeppelin really late. I, I'll mm. have to admit. Um, I have. I think. I, I think I have. Op, uh, it's called op, oppositional. Um, it's what is it called? ODD. Uh, op, oppositional uh, disorder. Uh, there's another D in there. Anyway, so everybody in my neighborhood growing up loved Led Zeppelin. I had to do something the opposite. So I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I picked another classic rock band. I loved Deep Purple growing up. Nice. And, nice. and I, I was a drummer. I loved Ian Pace. I thought he was, he was amazing. Uh, I came to the Zeppelin camp late. I've been reading, I've read this book by Mick Wall uh, called When Giants Walk the Earth. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a, I highly recommend the book to okay. anyone who's a music fan or a Zeppelin fan, definitely. It's a must. I think it has a lot of insight in that in that book. Um, but yeah, my earliest memories were just my mom cleaning the house, singing songs, and and they had a pretty cool little uh, record collection. They had Beatles, they had Beach Boys. Nice. And uh, and then I just got into what other kids were listening to in the neighborhood and formed bands. And it was you know bands like kiss and 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 we played zeppelin and we played you know def leppard and just any kind of rock stuff you know and and uh i just started doing i'm a history geek so i started reading about the you know the rolling stones and the and zeppelin and eric clapton and all these fantastic artists they all all kept talking about this guy robert johnson this blues artist you know and (laughs) and i it was very intriguing and i you know, finally got a hold of the complete recordings and and you hear shades of what turned out to be rock and roll in those recordings. They're raw. They're really raw. But and then you can also hear why people thought he sold his soul to the devil, because there are times where it sounds like there are two people playing guitar and it's only wow. one guy. So he was like the the whatever shredder guitar player of this moment. He mm-hmm. was that guy in nineteen thirty eight. You know, he was 
blowing people's minds, you know, <laughs> so they, they had no explanation for it. And, and the story was he had been kind of a middling blues kind of guitar player singer and he went away for a month and he came back and he was fantastic. So it had to be supernatural. It couldn't <laughs> have been, it couldn't have been that he was on tour for a month and was playing every night and just in picking just up got better, yeah. and just got better, you know? So yeah, it's oh. a, it makes for a great story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great, John. Are you in your studio right now in the basement? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Ha has this been a prolific time for you, John? Have you been songwriting a lot? It, it, it has on and off, you know, I, I it's because of the COVID it, it's been an adjustment with, you know, I have two daughters. So, so yeah. that, well, like it, it started off, you know, I was like, yes, I'm going to write like crazy. I'm going to really be creative and I'm going to work on my guitar playing. I'm going to work, I'm going to learn piano and, and all that. And that, that lasted for about a month, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I had to deal with, uh, deal with life, you know, and, uh, Definitely. yeah, there, there's a bunch of, uh, ideas that, um, and, and my, my, uh, my computer went down my, my rig. So that was a struggle mm. for like a month and a half getting, getting things back up and running. So I'm sure I'm finally there and, and I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, I'll have a bunch of, bunch the of not, the not so glamorous underlines of a rock star. No, it's, yeah. it, it's sometimes it's not. <laughs> That's great, John. Now, you know, you mentioned a couple live streams that you've done, and I think you're doing another one next month in October. Yes. Uh, by the way, everyone should uh, log on to stonehorsesmusic.com and, and join your uh, email list for more <laughs> updates on this. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about these live streams, John, because you are such a great live performer. Like, that's, you are like, you know, Bruce Springsteen, you're like, you know, like, you're a live guy. So, yeah. How has this experience been for you? Is it weird, like, or do you kind of get into a state? Uh, how has it been connecting to a camera? It is weird, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a strange thing that you just have to adjust to. And uh, you know, you're 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 very very astute. I mean, I I kind of just got into a zone, and I just sort of uh, forgot that there wasn't a crowd there, and I forgot that I was just playing the cameras, and I just. I just performed, you know, um, mm. but that being said, without there being a crowd there, it, it, the, where you're not getting that energy, uh, that kind of is fed back. The feedback, to you. Sure. Yeah. And, and also even the, the facility that we used didn't have speakers blasting my vocals out into the room. Cause okay. even that, even that would help, you know, like give you some energy cause you can actually feel the sound, you know, out in the room and as a singer, yeah, as a singer that really can help you out a lot. It makes you feel bigger, you know, all of a sudden you're like, yes. <laughs> you know, you're the second person who I hear that the first one being David Byrne. Of the, okay. of the talking heads he said it in his book he said yeah. at the importance of like of, of the, your vocals and the walls and all that absolutely yeah. wow it really can and then you know and then some places i've played in the past i remember when i was drumming uh we played this club in ohio and they i guess they had some sound problems with neighbors complaining about the club uh being loud they put it's called sonix it's like this this sound eating foam all behind the drum uh, behind mm -hmm. the stage basically the whole stage and then above the the you know the drummer on the ceiling and i was playing and it was it was like i had 100 pound weights on my arms like i couldn't hit the drums hard enough to make right. it feel like it was out in the room <laughs> was like just sucking the life out of me 
like the whole <laughs> time I was playing, you know, it was like, turn the tr- monitors up, turn it up, turn it up. You know, and it, it just, it, it was, it was really tough. You know, that the room can really make a difference the, the sonics of the, of, you know, the sound of the room. Oh, that's fascinating stuff, John. Really great details. Now going back to your new EP, it, um, you know, I think the refreshing thing about it, John, is how, I guess, classic it sounds. Um, so I guess I kind of wanted to ask you, how did you resist the temptation? Or did you have that temptation to like, hey, man, like, let's just put a little Pro Tools on it. Let's put a little extra juice on it. It's very easy. Press a button and, you know, but, but it just sounds so old school. Yeah, I mean, for me, that, that's the... That's the the balance I think is, you know, we've had, we have all this technology now and, and it's very difficult to even try to record in an old uh, timey kind of way, an old school way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you make a great point because the technology's there and because you can make a record on a laptop, should you? I mean, I don't, mm. I don't know. That's not, that's not my philosophy. I want, I want it to have some human elements in there. I don't want it to be pro tool to death where it's completely perfect, you know, so it's, yeah. it loses its life and it's, and it's human, you know, imperfections, you know, um, I, I want it to, you know, I don't, I'm not into laptop rock, man. I, you know, mm. or whatever you want to call it. It, it. It's, it's, it's not what, not what I dig, you know, so right. I lost my light of my there. There we go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, I I wanted to have have feel and have um, realness. You know, like I I hear some stuff like on the radio and I go, wow, you know, yeah. And it, and and a lot of times it sounds like uh, it sounds like it's like it it could you could just plug and play like it's a, it's a maybe a different singer on a thing, but it's mm-hmm. it's all a lot of the music sounds the same, you know, like it was all done by the same, the same producer, the same mixer, right. the same, you know, whatever. And, and you're like, Oh, you know, like, can, can we have some individuality? And that's really what I was going for more than just saying, I'm going to purposely try to do a, cl- uh, a classic rock sound. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly think we could have gone even further uh, down that like uh, there are other bands that I've that I've heard recently that I think have more of a classic sound than we do on this record and um, I love it you know uh, but I but we didn't we we didn't get there for whatever reason you know we just did what we do and and the sounds that 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 I thought were the you know or we thought were the best for for what we were making Definitely. And I, I have to tell you, John, one of the cool things about this record is it actually sounds better every time you listen to it. It's cool. layered. Uh, it, you know, some of the other really produced nice alt rock or rock albums of today, they're nice and you hear them and you enjoy them. Like, I don't know, for lack of a better analogy, it's like fast food. You eat it, you enjoy it, but you forget about it. Right. But, but your record, the more we were like on the research and all that, it just kept sounding better and better and better. And you found new loops and new stuff. Mm-hmm. So definitely mission accomplished there. That, yeah, know, that's a uh, and that's a trick with you know or not a trick, but that's the that's the key I think to songwriting as well. You know, like I I always think about that. Like man, like the best songs are the ones that maybe hook you in in the beginning a little bit, but then you don't tire of them. You, they don't right. burn on you, and and that that's that's a that's a huge uh, compliment. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, John. Um, let's talk about Girl Days for a second because it's doing really well. Uh, it's, you know, it's jumped into some charts, into Billboard Top 40, um, you know, on, on the active rock chart. And it's done so 
much what we're talking about on its own merit. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's been like, a, like an organic growth. So uh, just wanted to ask you, how does that feel? You know, that you don't have this crazy, you know, PR machine plugging it on Spotify playlists and this, and it's just because it's a good song. It feels great. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for, you know, people digging it and, 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 you know, having it uh, do as well as it did. It, it, sometimes it's frustrating because we're the little guy, you know, we're, yeah. we're the underdog and it's, um, we don't have the big machine or the big label behind us to, to, uh, to push the, the song forward or the video forward. You know, it's, it's yeah. all, like you said, it's all done on meritocracy, I guess. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's tough, you know, it's a tough road hoe and it, it and, and it's tough not being able to get out on the road and, and promote it. Um, that's sure. one of the tools and, you know, you, you can build your fan base a lot quicker and, you know, I've seen it in the past, like the bands in town tracker kind of thing that, that just happens like when you're on the road, right. it happens like crazy and organic. Right. And since we can't get on the road, that's a, that's another, it's another way of tracking us as well. Um, you know, if you guys don't feel like, uh, logging onto our website and sign up on an email list. We, I promise we don't, we don't spam our, our fans, you know, maybe <laughs> once a week if, if that, but I haven't sent one out in a, in like three weeks now. So, so we won't, uh, we won't hit you up a lot. Definitely. Ah, uh, that's great. John, I wanted to ask you about your songwriting for a second, because you, you take stuff like cheat life steal the first single, um, you know, it's about keeping your eyes on the money, uh, just really good stuff or, the other one that says, you know, there was a park that we hung out, you know, we would drink beer, like all these beautiful memories, and then the cops would come. Are this, I mean, some of these songs, they could go either way. They could either be your life experiences, or you could be creating this like Springsteen type characters. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to like get some clarity on that because it's, it's a wonderful dance that you do there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Good Old Days actually is really autobiographical. It, um, it is talking about you know, when I finally found some, uh, probably, and these guys are my lifelong friends, you know, we were, we were hanging out, you know, with older kids at this park, and two or three sides of it were bordered by an old cemetery, and years before, kids had cut holes in the fences, so when the cops would show up to get rid of us, we would just run into the graveyards, and we'd get away, so that's really the first verse is about that and about the, the hoodlums in the neighborhood, you know, that we hung out with. And then the second verse is talking about, you know, talking about, I discovered uh, if I climbed on the roof of my old elementary school, I could get to where they had these security floodlights. And my thought process is when I was forming my first like little basement, you know, garage bands, like we need a light show, man. And I know where mm-hmm. we can get some lights for free. Oh <laughs> <And> no. <laughs> that, so that's actually what the second verse is about. <laughs> and we, uh, yeah. And it, the, it was just so dumb. You know, we went up and I, we, I, that's I, great. I stole a couple lights and we never used them. You know, my dad, of course not. <laughs> my dad wound up finding them in the basement and he threw them away, I think, or sold them yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, so that second verse is, <laughs> is, is, is about that, but I kind of shaded it. I didn't really get into specifics and cheat, lie, steal. That's really a collective experience. You know, I think uh, a, a commentary on, on, you know, you know, you know, life experience, I think from, you know, the, the key line in Cheat, Lie, Steal, I think is, you know, keep your eyes on the money. That's the, that's the, one of the chorus lines. And it was from a, a guy who was 
now a songwriter, producer, friend of mine. He had been a singer Definitely. in another band. And he said, he was giving me advice about uh, a, a record company that I had been signed to. And he said, man, he said, John, he's like, just keep your eyes on the money, man. And I was, I was like, I'm doing the best I can, man. You know, they're, they're ops, ops, yeah, I can't think of, I can't say the word, you know, when they're blocking you from seeing the, the, you know, the way that they're hiding money and all, you know, you, uh, nothing much you can do about it when you're the little guy, you know, you're, which is, uh, which is how most people, I think in this world, in this life, uh, the situation that you're in where, you know, you can try to keep your eye on that money and you can try to figure out what is going on, but um, the powers that be kind of, they, they have no interest in you knowing what's going on and, and uh, making things better for you only for themselves. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. John. Wow. I mean, you've been so generous with your time. I want to ask you a couple more questions, but, but I do want to encourage my audience also to check out the good old days videos. It's really good. Uh, it's the, the way it's filmed. The first part is in Jason's, which is the drummer's kind of like home videos. Yeah. Um, second part has its own thing going on. It's just, it's a beautiful piece of art. So just wanted to throw that out there. So Thank great you. video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wanted to ask you about, you know, you're such a studios guy, rock and roll. There's three schools of thought about like rock music today in 2020, John. So I kind of wanted your take. Uh, I like to do this question when I have uh, rock, rock guys. The first school of thought is that rock is cyclical. And right now it's going through a down period in the charts and in interest with the youth and it's not hot. That's kind of what, what I believe. I believe it, it'll come back. There's a second school of thought and a friend of the show, Mark Goodman from Sirius XM, he really believes this, that rock right now is represented a lot in country in like for example with people like margot price or jason isbell kind of thing mm -hmm. um that spirit and then there's a, the, the third school of thought which is the negative that uh, that is like rock is dead you know kind of thing where do you stand well um i i, I tended to think for years as you you do that rock is cyclical and it seems like as long as there are, you know, as long as there are young males who are full of testosterone, there's going to be an outlet for, for rock music. I, I always, I always believe that, you know, um, I can't disagree with Mark Goodman's assessment that rock has uh, sort of shifted into some of the country areas a little bit, at least like what we or what I maybe grew up with is uh, considered mainstream rock. You know, we right. it's kind of been like so many things in, in our society right now, things have been fragmented down and there's lots of niches, right? So, um, so there's, you know, there's prog metal or whatever, you know, there's a million different things, emo, there's screamo, there's, there, you know, the metal, <laughs> metal core. I mean, I don't even know what, you know, most of the stuff is. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing Jason Isbell. I loved it. In fact, they're a keyboard player. Um, um, he, he's played on uh, some of our stuff. You know, okay. he's, originally, he's originally from Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, my hope is that, yeah, it's cyclical and it's going to, it'll come back. It might come back in a different form. You know, like I didn't, you know, didn't see the, the rap rock thing coming. Yeah. Really. I didn't. Um, 
you know, uh, it, you know, it might be just a slightly left of center of, of what Zeppelin was doing, but there's always sort of like, you know, you talked about like, you know, last year, Rival Sons comes out with a new record, you know, it's, it's blues based again, one of my, one of my favorites. Well, not again, but they, they are one of my favorites. Um, just a fantastic band. We had the pleasure of, of playing with them and just had yeah. a, had a fantastic time. Uh, you know, so there, I guess, and then Greta Van Fleet too. Greta Van Fleet, yeah, we, played, we with played with those guys as well. And, and, uh, you know, that I guess people were terming it the new wave of classic rock. Um, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And I love to see that, you know, I love, you know, obviously, you know, like you were saying how our, our record has a classic feel, you know, I think that we fit right into that, that ballpark. And there's, there's several other, other bands that are doing it, you know, so it's, it, it heartens me to see that happening. You know, I'm, I'm really, really fired up about that. Yeah. That's awesome, John. Well, listen, be more than generous with your time. Oh, thank You've, you. You've said it all. <laughs> uh, it's it, it, this has been awesome. This has been awesome. We man, I, I can see, and I mean, my audio portion won't be won't see it, but like, just this hunger that when you get on stage, whenever that is, mm-hmm. man, get a ticket because you're gonna shred that stage, John. You can just you can just feel it, man. It's it's uh that's where I come from, man. It's is the live the live aspect. So when I sit down to write a, a tune, a lot of times it comes from that thought. Oh, this is going to be energetic. This is going to be in your face. The crowd is going to love this, and and that's uh, it's 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 so um, gratifying, you know, when you know you get in front of an audience who has that energy. And speaking of, of rival sons, I was just uh, talking to somebody in another interview. And, and they were talking about playing with other bands. And we, it was our first show with Rival Sons up, up in Delaware in front of yeah. a, crowd that had, a crowd that had never seen us before. And we, we, all, we used to open up with a song called 100 Days. And at the end, I hit this, you know, this high note scream thing, ridiculousness, right? I hit it, the band ends, boom. And before the crowd yelled, came up, this kid in the front who was there with his parents, I hear him say, Oh my God. <laughs> I just was like, yeah. Wow. Like I, I got so emotional at that moment because he yeah. just made me feel like, wow. Like, you know, yeah. like, I, like he, he was, it was just great. I, you know, oh man. And we had a great night. We had like a line at the merch table and, and. What know, a great we, story. We signed, you know, everything. I met everybody, you know, made sure everybody got something and, you know. That's awesome. John. Signature and just. Love to meet everybody, and and it's just it's just great, man. It's just great to have that communal kind of thing, and I, the love for music. What's one of your first oh my god moments since you bring it up? Like when you were a child. When I was, uh, do you mean like seeing a concert or? or yeah, a concert. I don't know, man. I I I loved I loved going like just prior to the concert, like like just the the energy of the crowd. I remember one time downtown baltimore my parents right. were driving me to it used to be called baltimore arena yeah and driving and i look over and there's a city bus driving by me and there's a guy hanging out of the window like going yeah and i looked at him and i was like that guy's going to the concert i'm going to <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough i was inside the arena i looked over and there he was <laughs> He's oh, my God. i was like i knew it you know and you could just i could i love 
like picking people out, you yeah. know, on the way to a show and be like, yeah, they're going, you know, there's a car. They're load going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah kids, for sure. And uh, just that whole vibe. I mean, and you just feel the energy in the building and the anticipation of, of the shows, you know, and it's just incredible, you know, ACDC and, and, you know, mm. kids and, and, uh, yeah. you know, seeing bands like those huge bands are just fantastic. I mean, absolutely. You know, oh. that's, that's one of my dream gigs is like one day to, to open up for ACDC. You know, I know they're getting ready to do a record, put a record out. So I'm there like, you go. Let's manifest it. Yeah. Let's manifest it. Put it out there. That's great, John. That'd be great. Thank you. Well, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. And, and listen, when you go back on the road, you know, I, I know Florida is a little bit out of the route, but make sure to stop by. You know, we, we can oh, use yeah. a little rock and roll. What town are you out of? Miami, basically. Between Miami. Miami and Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome. I was All right, man. about a year ago. I loved it. Take care, man. Take care. Good talk. Thank you so much. Right. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.